Coming up on this edition of the Golf Digest podcast, we talked to Kevin Na following his big win at the Greenbrier. We discussed the PGA Tour's new schedule and that potential Tiger Phil $10 million match. My God, my swing feels like an unfolded lawn chair. Well, why do they even have one if you're not supposed to hit it there? Because it's fun. We're having fun. What is this, custom? Mine's off the rack. I wish Tiger Woods was here to help me with this. We'll do it live. Welcome back to the Golf Digest Podcast. I'm Alex Myers. Today I'm joined by Sam Wyman and Keely Levins. Guys, uh, let's start with this Tiger Woods, Phil Mickelson potential money match slash money grab. $10 million on the line, supposedly. Uh, Sam, what do you make of all I'm just glad that they're getting this going because I've been worried about them both. And uh, this <laughs> will really, this yeah. will really help uh, yeah. make ends meet for both of them. And look, it's I think it's great. I think, uh, you know, there's been a lot of reaction. I mean, your reaction alone has made it seem like this is a great idea because you're very excited about it. I think there's people who feel like it's a little bit of a manufactured event and that, you know, it's a rivalry that never really came to fruition that much in an actual major championship, but mm-hmm. they are no no doubt the two preeminent players of their generation. There is an added element of intrigue because they seem to be getting along, which would lend itself to some pretty good trash talk and it's just some pretty good byplay of just seeing them. So I'm all for it. I mean, like, I think we're all of the belief that anything that's going to add some juice to the game is is good. They're two players who are immensely entertaining to watch, so why not? Do you think it's actually going to happen? I, I don't mean to be, like, negative about this. I want to see it. I would love to see the two of them play, yeah. put up their own $10 million and play for that. That'd be ideal. But I just feel like this is just not happening. Well, I don't yeah, know. There's the question of if it's going to happen and how much of their own money, obviously, yeah. they're putting up. Obviously, Patrick Reed came out and said they should put up their own money. I think, of course. I think when we all first saw the headline, we thought, wow, they're going to play for $10 million. And then five seconds later, you realize they're probably no. not putting up their own money. Or, right. Well, or that would be if insane. If they are, they're still getting paid on the back end for right. the TV rights of or course. this or that or commercials or sponsorships. So, But, you know, I don't know. I, I think Phil made it like it was going to happen, that it almost happened July 3rd. He told, uh, you know, golf's uh, Alan Shipnuck. And then it kind of fell through. And the fact that Phil came out and said something and Tiger hasn't kind of puts a lot of pressure on Tiger now. Yeah, I think it was a calculated move by yeah, Phil. By the way, absolutely. I would say that the $10 million is the least intriguing part of it to me. Be- because really? Yeah, because they are both so <laughs> are wealthy. Are you like, above money? <laughs> no, uh, no, no. I'm, I'm not obviously above money. My point is is that one of them is going to hole a putt to win. He's going to shoot 69 to someone else's 71. And like, oh, he won $10 million. Are you really going to be yes. happy or excited? Yes. Be- why? Ten it's, million dollars. So much money. But, but that money is meaningless to people who have so much it's money. It's not meaningless. Even Phil, look. Even Phil said, "Doesn't matter how much money you have. Ten million dollars is a lot to be gambling to have on the yeah. line." But my point is, is that it's still less intriguing than Tiger and Phil played head to head, and Tiger Woods beat Phil, or vice versa. That's the that's the at, at like a real tournament. At a, at a, at a major. Or, or, no, no. I'm just saying, even in this context, like the fact that the two best players of their generation are going head to head in this rare nah. format. No, I just because, don't think because Sam they play against each other all the time. They just did. Tiger kicked his butt at the Players Championship over two rounds. But it's we, not we, the same thing playing no, head to head when you're any, playing against your opponent. It's just nah, different. Any any given day, these guys we know can beat each other. So putting the 10 million on the line is what's going to make it different and i don't care about the whole i know people are digging up oh they were never rivals that that's bs Eh. i mean they're 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 like you said they're clearly the two best players of this generation uh 
Art one's arguably the greatest player of all time. One's arguably maybe a top ten guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're the two biggest, you know, stars of course. as well. And you know, they have this interesting relationship, which has clearly gotten a little better. The fact that they would even negotiate something like this mm-hmm. together shows that they've put aside some differences and, and whatnot. So I think the whole thing is is interesting. Well, by the way, what would be more entertaining, Tiger and Phil playing for ten million dollars, mm-hmm. or like. You and I playing for $10 million because oh my the God. amount of, first of all, it's obviously. Would you break 100 Under that kind of pressure? With yeah, $10 no million dollars on the line? Not no a way. chance. The driver yips would really be yeah. coming oh, out for God. Me. But that seeing, okay, not just you <laughs> and I, but just any level of like middling player. Yeah. And just, you know, just sweating it <laughs> no, out. That's and a, just, I think some people would that'd be think so that, entertaining. that's entertaining. Actually, We'd that's have like, to have it be condensed. It'd be yeah. like, a, it would be four hours, it would be, or six hours condensed to. 45 minutes but they would be compelling no this them. would be amazing this should yeah. be a new show on golf consider Channel. myself i'm throwing myself in the ring for it yeah so. well i think it's interesting that phil already talked about this being some sort of series them doing multiple events a year and that's where it cheapens it a little because yeah i don't like that you know even if that's your plan maybe don't let that out of the bag because yeah. we want this to be oh my god they played for you don't want to make it wanna... feel like some sort of exhibition right. like right. whatever it's like no like this is happening on this day, $10 million. And, Boom. you know, nobody's really talked about this, but the PGA Tour cannot be that excited about this. Because no. especially if they start their own series. Mm-hmm. And I know, yeah. you know, Greg Norman back in the day right. with the, the World Golf Championship thing. That, yeah. You know, they, they're basically right. saying we don't need the PGA Tour. Uh, We're going to create our own TV event, do put it on totally. ourselves. I think anything that purse. detracts attention away yeah. from – that week's PGA Tour event. Yeah, is, when's it going to be? Right. It's gonna, yeah. right. And, and so oh, suppose it was July 3rd. So yeah. that's the week of the Quicken Loans, right, right, or whatever. It just takes it takes attention away from that event. And the tours, you know, already pre-existing beef is that they don't already own the four biggest events in the game. Right. And right. so you're right. Um, that would be an uncomfortable dynamic. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, anyway, I think we all – Sam doesn't sound like he's as into it. But, I'm into. Uh, I just said I'm not into the money part of it. Yeah. Yeah. I, but I agree. I mean, if the, it needs to be their own money, that's what I'll say. That's if, what I want. If it's t- if I it's want. just an extra ten million for them, you're right. It's not. It's still a big deal. I'm telling right. you. If they're they're putting for the win, how great if like if if one of them lost and then they had to, like make the phone call to pull one of their kids out of private school? Yeah, yeah. Like, exactly. That would be. I want to watch them right. sign yeah, the be, check. Okay, so I take yeah, it back. that would be yeah. Ten, yeah, exactly. Um, okay. Speaking of schedules, PGA Tour. PJ Tour released its new schedule for the 2018-2019 season. It did not include this Tiger Phil match, uh, of course, <laughs> but it did have a few other things. You know, a lot of things that we've talked about, mm-hmm. we've known uh-huh. for a while. Um, the big things being the PJ Championship moving to May, the players moving to March, and the FedEx Cup kind of shifting up right. to finish before football and being condensed and now shorter. to three events right. right instead of four so you know both you guys what what did you make of it i mean a couple a couple little things came out in, in there but overall i guess it wasn't too surprising i mean to me that just because of the time of year uh that we're sitting right now the the most interesting dynamic is the fact that a year from now we will be looking at the final major of the season yeah now i do, and mm-hmm. i do think they the tour has achieved its goal of making the fedex cup a bigger deal because mm-hmm. you're still i mean we will certainly very much be in golf mode in August. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're in golf mode all year. But in terms of, like, the interest in the game is still high. And mm-hmm. suddenly, in the absence of a PGA championship in August, you're going to suddenly say, okay, what are the next big events? You're going to be excited about those three 
FedEx Cup events. And, of course, it just adds a different element to the Open Championship in the sense that it's the last major. It's now, quote-unquote, Glory's last shot. So it's just a different dynamic. Yeah, I think um, some of the geography was a little interesting. I mean, you you guys all live up here. We're yeah. almost in New England in May. I mean, at Beth Page, that could be interesting. You I see mean, Joel I was Beale's bring stat that was a good yeah. stat today. Had more delays in at, in August in the PGA than than in some, May. Than, yeah, right. Oh wow. Yeah. So, Joel. But 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 you're right. I mean, you know, this winter was crazy. It, I mean, you know, Joel that, also said the Beth Page was in immaculate condition by May. I, I Joel's in the bag. No, but, but yeah. like, yeah, but that weekend this year was like it was 55 and yeah, no, no, no. raining it would be, it would be on cold. Saturday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's definitely different from it's what very different. we've experienced at other PGA Championships where it's, you know. That said, um, yeah. next Heat. year is at Beth Page Black. Two years from now, it will be at Harding Park, which will be glorious. Mm. Right. Anyway. So, That'll be perfect. you know, it doesn't lend itself to certain. There's Oak Hill is in, what, 2023? Or it's yeah, a few years. So that's going to be That's going to be dicey. Brittany's Chilly. looking at us. She's getting yeah, defensive about Rochester yeah. right now. <laughs> but um, so, you know, certain venues, it'll be great in May. And, you know, it opens up all kinds of parts well, of the country. Yeah. And I think, I think it's good I, you know it's a weird because i kind of have enjoyed that i've always enjoyed that little april to june period in which the masters sort of lingers a little bit longer you're allowed to mm-hmm. kind of you know mar- let the, that marinate and think about the u.s open now suddenly it's going to be kind of jam-packed yeah how do you guys feel about the fedex cup i kind of i like the three instead of four events i like the three instead of four i I don't really get the whole New York Boston rotation. That, yeah, both of those areas should have an event on their own. I think, uh, especially. I mean, yeah, I, especially know. because they already made New York a rotation in its own right. Like they rotate right. from New Jersey to right. Exactly. Yeah. It's not even like it's always in New York. Right. I mean, so, people think it is, but it, you know, Liberty National's not even in New York. I right. Mean, you know, mm-hmm. Plainfield's not, and Ridge Ridgewood. And Ridgeway. shouldn't this be this year be a Boston year? I mean, playing Liberty and Beth Page mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. the same season seems like I mean it's good for us, drivable. Right. But yeah. I don't know. I, I thought that was a little interesting. Um obviously a couple of these tournaments kinda got screwed. Uh the Valspar is now in between the players and the match play and that the players is right after all the big Florida swing events. Right. So it's tough to imagine guys are gonna go right of, through. Right. Right. Yeah, they would they would really be playing in about six events in a row if they play in the Valspar. So that that was tough. Um, the Houston Open had kind of had this, you know, little nice mm-hmm. niche as the uh, pre-Masters tune-up. Um, it is now in the fall, mm-hmm. which, you know, no offense to the fall events, but they're they're kind of mm-hmm. they're not on a different right. level. That's um, when they're competing with football and the sort of interest really right, drops. Right, right. Mm-hmm. So that's different, and now the – you know, before the Masters is at Valero, Texas Open, which is not going to be conditions like the guys will face at Augusta National. So who knows how many people will even go to that. Um, and the Greenbrier uh, will now be in the fall as well. Right. Um, although, again, that event was not really drawing. Should you, by the way, tease the fact that we're going to talk to Kevin Na? Who yes, just won the speaking of the Greenbrier, of course. We are talking to Kevin Na, as I mentioned right at the top. Uh, obviously, an incredible showing by him on, on that final round, just blowing away the field. Uh, taking a huge lead, winning his second event, which, you know, I think a lot of people are surprised that he had only had one previous right. PJ Tour event. I mean, this is a guy you see on leaderboards all the time. Right. Mm-hmm. More on that later with some stats. But, um, yeah, definitely talk to Kevin Na. That was that was uh, great. But before we get to all that, there are a couple other things we want to talk about. 
another PGA Tour pro made some news this week. He hired a caddy via Twitter. Mm-hmm. That's Stephen Bowditch, um, a two-time winner who has obviously had his struggles recently. Uh, he put out this thing on Twitter. I'll read it. Any local kids, college players in the Quad Cities area that are interested in caddying in the tournament this week, he's talking about the John Deere Classic, this thread is for you. The best response reason gets the job. 2 p.m. Tuesday start, finish, finish Friday. 1% chance Sunday. Payment, all <laughs> leftover gloves and balls are yours. So obviously joking that he probably uh, will not even make the cut, which amazingly he has missed 35 of the last 37 cuts as a guy who oh was on God. the President's Cup team in 2015. But anyway, I, I like... I liked how he did this. I liked how he made fun of himself even. And I liked how he gave like a young kid a chance. Sure. A 17-year-old yeah. ended up uh, getting it. I also think for a guy like that, first of all, he's a fantastic follow on Twitter. A guy Amazing. with a great yes. sense of humor. Yeah. Obviously very great self-awareness. Uh, has had his share of problems, but has really you know, owned up to them and been very admirable in the kind of the way he's navigated that. But you know, if you're struggling to the extent that you are, you're obviously looking for anything that's going to kind of change the energy mm-hmm. around you. Absolutely. I don't think this is going to be the answer to his problems, <laughs> but in the same way, you never know. Maybe right. it's just something takes a little bit of pressure off. He, for sure. It's not going right. to hurt anything right. at this point, right. right? And I love that he's like, you know, if he wins this week, then he's going to bring the kid yeah, to, to, the the, open. to the open with him. It's yeah. awesome. Yeah, 17-year-old named Elias. Uh, the end of his response, he just wrote, I love Australia, yeah. which was really right. just brilliant. Know brilliant. your just audience. Like, yeah. Pandering. Yeah. yeah. I love it. Smart kid. Um, and, 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 you know, we also had, actually, this is right on the heels of Danny Lee at the Greenbrier missing the cut, walking off after a poor putting <laughs> round, just handing his putter right. to a kid. So, Amazing. You know, these fan guys. Fan-friendly, PGA fan, Tour. Exactly. They're all about the right. kids. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, speaking of the PGA Tour, one other thing to address, Bryson DeChambeau, we talked about this before, that compass that he was using, that and, and sorry, it's not a navigational compass. It's a drawing compass, or what do you call it, geometric compass. I call it compass. a geometric compass, um, yes. Has been ruled out mm-hmm. by the USGA. Uh, the statement was released by the PGA Tour. USGA has ruled that the use of a protractor, or they call it a protractor, it's also known as, uh, yeah, it's the Protractor is the semicircle. Yeah, the semicircle thing. Yeah, the right. half so moon. Yeah. Anyway, get, get, know your this is the most geometric tools. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, as, uh, also, know, during a stipulated round is a violation of Rule 14.3a of the Rules of Golf. It is considered unusual equipment that might assist him in making a stroke or in his play. Yeah. Look, I know we've talked about this before. I really think it provides absolutely no advantage. No advantage. Whatsoever. <laughs> but I do think in the interest where, you know, these green reading books has become a topic of discussion. I do feel yeah. like the pace of play element that is um, potentially affected Mm by all these different devices. If I'm the USGA, the only justification for making this uh, an outlaw is like, you just kind of want guys to simplify what they're doing around the greens because otherwise it's going to, it's going to permeate throughout the game. Right. You have juniors doing it. Oh, my God. And it's just going to get ugly. And I don't think it provides any advantage. Right. But at the same time, if you just say, hey, listen, just Not for us off. mere mortals. Right. We, we could never figure out. But if you can use, again, these green reading books, right. that's not considered – what unusual equipment that might assist you, which obviously well, that's what, it's then very, what, what's the difference? I mean, yeah, it's very broad yeah. terminology. But first of all, why can't you just, I, I, I'm, I'm coming in a little bit cold here. Why can't you just do all the drawings before, before. you actually? Right. Oh, that was my question. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Right. Is he like walking he, off the green and saying, how oh, this was actually a little off and then yeah, planning I it for think, next year maybe? Mm-hmm. 
I think he, yeah, he said something about like the specific right. location, location of the hole. So yeah. I guess that makes you feel like it has to happen in the moment. But I mean, I love that the USGA was saying they had what a 45 minute conversation with him yeah. about this. Can you think of any player in history that they've had to sit down right. with for 45 right. minutes and debate this stuff? And I not, mean, and they've had to do it twice with him because of the, the putting that they they ruled uh, out they outlawed as well. And but then the same token. Uh, John Bodenheimer from the USGA said that he he really loves he respects Bryson it, yeah. and that he appreciates that he's kind of pushing the envelope mm-hmm. and he knows he'll keep pushing the envelope uh, to oh, try yeah. to get better. He doesn't you know he doesn't think there's anything malicious or shady about it. No, definitely. Uh, and then he he wants to use him almost as a resource to see you know what mm-hmm. what other options kind of are out there. I mean, Bryson's going to come up with something of else. Of course. He's, working every angle he can. That's right. Which is literally yeah, angles. Yeah, very good. Yeah. Ooh, nice. See what I did there? Nice. Yep. Um, it's in a way admirable, I guess. He's, you know, he is. A lot of people compare him to Phil Mickelson, who are constantly looking for, you know, just so analytical and over analytical. Yeah. I yeah. once asked uh, Bones Mackay that. I said, "What's it like to work for someone so anal- over analytical?" Yeah. And he said, "I don't agree with your premise. He's over analytical." <laughs> <laughs> my question at all. But you know, he just he just takes it to a degree that let's right. it's fair to say. The Dustin Johnsons of the world do not. Right. Uh, before we get to the Kevin Na talk, uh, you know, want to mention this is the inaugural U.S. Senior Women's Open, and I'm stunned that this didn't exist before. But Keely, you, I'm stunned you that did, you didn't know that. Yeah. No, no. Of course I knew <laughs> okay, that. Okay, okay, okay. I knew well, that, but I'm just saying, like, why did it take this long to have a senior open for the women? Well, yeah, that's been a big topic of conversation. It's kind of super all it's all like super positive like yes we have the first one this is great but then it's immediately followed by wait why did it take this long because the men's has been around for what like 35 years Mm -hmm. um but i think i think it's going to be a great event they're out on the course right now as we're recording and they're at chicago golf like they have a great venue Mm -hmm. and a great field i mean julie inkster's out there there's i think 15 u.s open champions are in the field it's It's really good this reminds me of my days covering the big apple classic in the mid-1990s give me some names glory days helen alfredson chris johnson lisa light neumann oh yeah or davies i mean this is like i mean i could pull out some game stories from yeah from those days and it would just fit right in yeah i did some fantasy golf in high school and i remember helen alfredson was but all kidding aside i mean it's not that the not that the the women's game um, hasn't been strong for a long time, but the level of depth that is in the game and was in the depth was in the level of depth that was apparent in the 90s that when these players were all in their prime, all these players are now north of 50 and can still play. So it just seems like, you know, the the I know what we're talking about. We're not even talking about like a senior tour or anything. We're talking about the USGA, which runs a bunch of different right, events. and they have a senior oh, amateur, they just, they have senior women's amateur. Right, so right. it's just kind of interesting that they didn't have the yeah. senior open. Um, anyway, it's better better late than never. And you mentioned the great field, also in great caddy. Uh, who, who, Jimmy Buffett. Jimmy oh, yeah, Buffett. Jimmy Buffett. Buffett. I'm not a big Jimmy Buffett guy. I know, you know, yeah. big song. Jimmy Buffett caddying for his niece. Love uh, it. Who's over fifty, obviously. So that yeah, uh, right. Dating himself a little bit, right? Exactly. exactly. <laughs> yeah. But uh, that that brought a little. Uh, spotlight to the event as well. So anyway, we'll, we'll, we're interested to see who comes out on top in that as well. But as we mentioned before, we talked to Kevin Na. Uh, you know, I think he kind of gets a little bit of an unfair rep. He, he's known so much for the slow play that we kind of lose sight of everything else with him. And I think people saw a cool side of him when he gave Absolutely. that heartfelt message in Korean uh, on the you know CBS broadcast. So anyway, 
Um, got to know Kevin Na a little better. Please have a listen. All right, we're excited to welcome two-time PGA Tour winner Kevin Nott to the podcast. Kevin, thanks for joining us today. Thanks, Alex. Uh, thanks for having me. You got it, man. Uh, so obviously, huge win at the Greenbrier. So much has changed since your first win. I wonder how different was this celebration from your first win back in 2011? Um, you know, 2011 was my first win, and it obviously took a long time for me to win. Uh, I had a lot of seconds leading up to it. I had a lot of career money. And this time, it was, I felt like my second one was going to come a lot sooner. Um, uh, yeah, I played a lot of good golf in between, a lot of top tens, a lot of second place finishes, and um, everyone was kind of scratching their head, and everyone was asking, why isn't this guy winning? And, um, you know, it was nice to finally happen, but um, I feel like, this win is bigger than the second, the first one, for some reason. Um, it's, it's hard to explain. I think I got more congratulated. I think I feel like um, uh, I don't know. I feel like the media has been uh, there's been more articles or more you know, more attention from the media. I can mm-hmm. say mm-hmm. Um, that I've been. I feel like I'm getting, and um, it, it, it feels good. I mean, it feels better than the first one. Hmm. Well, well, obviously, you got a lot of attention for um, the message you delivered in Korean to the fans uh, right on the telecast there. That was, seemed like such a heartfelt thing you did. You know, where did that come from? And, and you know, how, that just seemed like such a great moment. Everybody seemed to really uh, enjoy that. Yeah, I mean, I was, after I, I was done with uh, my last putt on 18, walking to the scoring tent, uh, it was really difficult for me to keep in the emotion. I was so happy that it was it was so emotional. Um, and I, you know, I started getting teared up. And um, when the when the interview started with Amanda, I kind of calmed down, and I was able to do the interview in English. And when I wanted to uh, send a message to the Korean fans, um, part of it was uh, my brother works for SBS Golf, which they um, they broadcast PGA Tour in Korea. Okay. And it's their golf channel, the SBS Golf Channel, and my brother actually commentates. He's commentating this week for the John Deere. Oh, cool. He doesn't do it every week, but okay. he does, you know, a bunch of tournaments a year. And um, so I wanted to reach out to them and thank them. And um, I knew, I, knew, I know it's being televised in Korea on SBS Golf, and I, I wanted to send a message. And it, when I was about to send a message, I just, the emotions came back. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I thank the fans for for being there, you know, and for believing in me and uh, and and cheering me on. And those people, you know, in the morning um, that spend their time. I didn't say this, but I'm just, you know, I, I just kind of think of this through my head, mm-hmm. you know, how people wake up early to watch watch me play. So, you know, I just wanted to send a nice message to them saying thank you. And um, uh, it was received very well in Korea. People got a lot of, a lot of nice messages um, um, on social media and personal. Mm-hmm. And um, I know my, my brother was telling me how people were uh, really touched in, in Korea with my message. That's great. Well, yeah, obviously people thought it was really cool here. At first I thought you were just really choked up. You got a text from uh, Tiger Woods, you said. So that must have been pretty exciting, yeah. too. <laughs> that, that is pretty cool. Uh, anytime you get a you know, text from the, from, from the, from the greatest, uh, right. it's an awesome feeling. 
Uh, it, 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 you know, he texted me, what an incredible day of putting. Mm. And congratulations on your win. And um, it felt great. I mean, I, I just happened to, you know, my phone was going crazy, and I just happened to look, and at the, at, as soon as I looked, and a message popped up, and it was, it was from him. And it was pretty cool. I, I texted him right away. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's one of the ones you have to give it right back to. Um, yeah. It seemed like the week before, you guys were having a good time as well, uh, practicing at, at the uh, Quicken yeah. Loans. Have you guys struck up a friendship in recent years, or, or have you always been friends? Yeah, you know, I've always you know talked to him a little bit here and there, and uh, we've got a mutual friend um, that we always talk about, and I tell him how he's doing. Uh, that as his, his childhood friend that he grew up playing golf with, a guy, guy named Young Nam, and okay, and um, so you know that also helps. And um, well, I'm supposed to play a practice with him um, at the PGA, so we'll see. Cool. Um, now you know, obviously, much has been made about you know how much money you've made, how many top tens you've had, but that you didn't have a lot of wins. Um, yeah. But but you know your emotions after that win shows you know nothing replaces winning right i mean and and just maybe speak about how hard it is to win out there uh, on the toughest tour out there uh i mean you look at my career i have probably i think 65 top 10s Mm -hmm. yep and right now probably somewhere around 27 whatever 27 million plus yeah and I, I have two wins. Uh, before that, I was, I think, I was at 26 million with one win. Yep. And it's it just you look, you add those numbers up. You look at the top tens. You look at the number of wins. You look at the career money. It doesn't match. Right. I, I've, I've gone through, I've gone through a lot of this. I've gone through a lot of players and looked at their career, career top ten, mm-hmm. career earnings, and the number of wins. And the ratio. There's nobody like me. <laughs> the only guy I can think of like me. Is Charles Howell? Yeah. No. Yep. Yep. Exactly. He, he's got two wins. He's got probably thirty-five million and a zillion top tens. Right. Um, so he's the only guy I can think of. Uh, but he's, he had at least he had two. I had one at the time. Right. Right. And uh, so I'm in a similar record to him now. I'm still short on career earnings, obviously. But um, and I, you know, I've talked to Charles about that too. How hard it is to win out here. Mm-hmm. People don't realize how heavy the competition is and um how deep the field is and you know under pressure it's not easy there's always somebody's posting up a crazy number on sunday to try to catch you right um nobody i mean nobody really hands it to you right I mean, i've seen it happen but nobody hand me one <laughs> <laughs> i think i've handed one over but i don't think i've got one handed um, it, 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 it's not easy um you look at the guys. I mean, that's why there's obviously world ranking and consistent play, and you know the you know, the FedEx Cup is all a year, yearly long long race. Um, but um, like you just said, nothing replaces winning. Mm-hmm. And um, when I when I had that win locked up the last couple of holes, I was just a lot of things were rushing through my head, and all it just I just couldn't. I was I was getting emotional, like or even before I finished the hole, hmm. hole on eighteen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as you were walking to the green. They don't. They don't. I saw the replay on eighteen. Yeah. The shot. After I hit it, I, after I hit it, and I saw it land on the middle of the green, just go over the ridge. I actually gave it a, like a small fist pump because it's over. <laughs> you know? I, by the way, I noticed there's a creek a hundred yards in front of me that on Sunday. Uh-huh. <laughs> I never noticed it. There's a little bridge 
we walk over, but I never thought about it. Right. I stood on the tee, there was a creek 100 yards in front of me. I go, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Even with the five-shot lead, you're thinking. <laughs> yeah, it, it's stupid. I mean, I, yeah. I wasn't concerned at all, but I just noticed it. I was like, that's interesting. Okay, I better hit this solid. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, so, I mean, you, you mentioned, though, obviously you've looked to, you've examined this record. You you know, obviously you've talked to Charles Howell, yeah. you said about it. You know, you're only 34. Is, is it the type of thing that could even itself out in the next decade or so? Or is, is there a specific yeah. reason why that ratio has happened? Well, I, I don't know. I think I've improved as a player every year. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm a better player now than, than, you know, two years ago, three years ago. But maybe i hope that number you know that ratio kind of evens out you know it's i could be one of those guys that you keep flipping the coin over and over and i get tails you know right 10 times in a row but then the next next seven might be heads right so hopefully uh you know the number i catch up to that number Mm -hmm. and um i remember my first second place finish ever was at at the phoenix open uh now it's called the waste management open Mm -hmm. Um, in 2005, I was paired with Phil Mickelson on Sunday. On 17, he had about a three or four shot lead, and I was in second place. And and I remember him telling me, "It's like Kevin, there's nothing like putting yourself in contention. You keep putting yourself in contention. Hmm. I'm not saying it's over. You always got last little play. Right. He knows it's over. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, um, you will get your share of wins. Hmm. And I used to always laugh about." tell my friends that that story I goes well i sure haven't got my share of wins <laughs> but um maybe hopefully that number goes my way yeah turns around a little bit sure uh now obviously golf magazine's alan shipnuck did a tremendous profile on you a couple years ago and he he talked about at the beginning and at the end these night golf nightmares that you have and but by the end you said you were having better dreams about golf uh, where you would win the tournament yeah. instead of losing what, what's the state of your your golf dreams right now um well i don't know about dreams right now but i actually woke up a couple of days ago and like in the middle of the night i was you know really tired i got home and i, I slept a few hours and i you know i woke up and kind of woke up and i was like oh yeah i just won that's awesome <laughs> i just fell back, fell back to sleep <laughs> I mean, even in my sleep, I, I was happy. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, I used to tell. I told him that you know I used to have nightmares finishing second. Like I, I, you know, blow it on the last hole, or mm-hmm. somebody, you know, somebody makes a big putt on me and I lose. And then um, in the past couple of years, I actually I started winning in my dreams. Mm-hmm. So you know, I, I figured you know, this is a positive thing, and um, you know, last week and it happened. Well, it's interesting because you say that, and it it does seem like you're very positive, and you expect to win, and you expect to win majors, and and obviously, well, well, I don't know. I mean, it's some of the, th- I'm saying you you kind of have to have a positive attitude out there, though, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I mean, that's why we're out there because I mean, we're we're working hard every day so that we can win, and and when we have the chance to win, that we can do it. And I've always, you know, looked at the glass kind of half full. Um, you know, I've always stayed positive. I said, I know I'm going to win. You know, it's going to come. I mean, and I joke sometimes, like, I'm sure I'll win before I die, you know, something like that. <laughs> uh, or maybe I'll win on the Champions Tour, right? Something like that. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I always said that it, it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And uh, it just, it's just a matter of time. But uh, it was a long wait. Yeah. 
Um, you talked about in that story also that you have a, a balk sometimes with your swing, and we've seen mm. it when you swing over the top yeah. of the ball on purpose. And um, and and you said a lot. A lot of it has to do with um, various swing thoughts that run through your head. And I know that happens to me. Is yeah. and how do you how do you battle that? And this past week wow. at the Greenbrier, was it one of those weeks where you you mm-hmm. weren't battling that as much? I haven't had that for a couple of years. Okay. Obviously, it, it, um, I, I obviously had the yips at the players in 2011. Mm-hmm. I couldn't take it back, and I struggled that for over a year. And, and people saw me because I, I know guys that have had that. Other fellow players, um, I've seen a European tour player have it. Um, playing a practice out at the Open Championship, you know, many years ago, and I, I've seen I get many, many social media messages saying that I have this same problem. How can I get over this? But right. all those people struggle to play play well at the, at the level they're at, whatever the level they're at. But I, I was playing my best golf when I was having that issue. Yeah. So yeah. the whole world saw it. And obviously it, it wasn't, it didn't look good. Mm-hmm. Um, but over the years I got over it. Um, I used to have a little bit of it in the past year and a half to two. I've had almost, almost, almost none of it, which hopefully it stays that way. Mm-hmm. But I always tell people, if once you have something like that, it kind of stays with you for the rest of your life. It's in there somewhere. Mm-hmm. You just hope it's dormant. You just hope that it never comes back out. But so far, so far, so good. I haven't had an issue. Okay, so if there's nothing that you actively do. It's just kind of faded away, or do you? Yeah, it's kind okay. of faded away. That's great. Uh, Okay, good. Well, good. I, I need that as well because I have a bit of the driver yips under pressure. Um, sp- you know, with all that though, and obviously you mentioned the players. Uh, you know, you beca- you came under this spotlight. Um, your your pace of play, and it, I just wonder. You know, I know you've worked hard at it, and people have commended mm-hmm. you, and and you've you've gotten better. And you talk about how you you walk fast to get your ball and everything else. But is it ever frustrating that because of that one tournament really that shined the spotlight so brightly that you're kind of known a lot for yeah. that? Yeah, I mean, uh, this is kind of a funny story. So I remember Ben Crane telling me, uh, hey, thanks, bud. You're it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. You took the pressure off of uh, him. <laughs> I mean, if you know Ben, you know the, 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 the sense of humor he has. He's a funny guy. Right, right. And we just laughed. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, he said that at, at New York at the first title event. I can't remember what year. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, anyways, uh, I mean, from what I what they saw on on the tee shots or the shots, that was the yips. Uh-huh. Now on the green, on the green, I am still somewhat on the slow side. I'll admit it. Okay. I mean, I'm still, I'm still somewhat on the slow. But from right now, from tee to green, I am. There's 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 no way that I'm on the slow side. Right. But on the green, I still am. Uh, that I'll, you know, I'll admit I'm the first guy. To, I'm always honest with these kind of things, and right. um, but I always I always walk fast. When it's my turn to play to pull the club, I always have a club out. I'm not I'm not one of those guys that take forever to pull the club out. Always mm-hmm. have a club out. Now I'm sure there's situations where I I have to change clubs with like that, but that's like with anybody. Right. But most of the time, I am ready to play. Yeah, no, that, it seems that way. That's funny about Ben Crane. Um, now, I don't think a lot of people really realize, I mean, you've just been around for so long, but part of that reason is, I mean, you're only 34. Uh, you turned pro at the end of your junior year of high school. You went to Asia for a bit. Um, I just wonder, 
what, what kind of went into that decision? And, and looking back, would you have gone the same route? Um, no. Hmm. So when I was when I, right before I turned 18, I turned pro and I played. So basically, I mean, I was 17, but I was, you know, a month away from turning 18. And, um, I played, I played in Asia when I was 18, 19, I played Asia and Europe, mm-hmm. um, played 13 events on the European tour, um, and played Asia, you know, kind of a combo tour. And then on, when I turned, just turned 20, I went through Q school and then got on the U S tour. And I mean, this is my 15th season. Um, it's amazing. at the time I, I wanted, I felt like four years of college golf versus four years of, of playing professional golf somewhere in the world um, was I thought I would be ahead. Mm-hmm. I thought I had a better chance of developing my game to get to the get to the PGA Tour. Was I right? I, I think so. I think I was right. It, it worked for me. Worked out for me. Um, I developed my game overseas, uh, prepared myself, and got on tour. In that sense, yes, that was that was a good decision. But the reason why I say I re- I wish I, I, I wouldn't do that over again is if I was to do it over again, I'd go to college for one semester. Hmm. So that way I can experience the college life at that age where everybody, all your friends, everybody's going through the same thing. Uh, it's a, you know, it's a huge learning experience in your life. Um, I have a tie with a college, um, uh, some alumni friends. You know, there's a lot of things that, that when you go to college that, comes with it and right. I think I missed out on that hmm. I, I watch more I don't I don't watch March Madness there's no team to root for right, right. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean right so in that sense I wish I went for a semester to a year but I don't think I would have gone longer than a year okay all right so not too much change um you recently you know he's talking about playing overseas uh you recently crossed paths where you tied with him uh, Ho Sung Choi became this internet <laughs> sensation a few weeks ago yeah. at the Korean Open. I wonder, yeah. did you did you know about him before that event? Do you know him? What what can you? I've met him before. Okay. I, you know, I, I don't remember his swing being like that. Though, okay. I, I've definitely <laughs> yeah. met him before. I talked to him on the range. Okay. Uh, so like, somebody put a YouTube. I, I, it's shocking how somebody gets something on on camera, right? When right. you don't even you don't even know the camera's there. Right. I was hitting balls on the range on. I want to say. Saturday and Sunday. I can't remember. No, it was Sunday. It was Sunday morning before the round teed off, and I, I he hit was hitting balls in front of me, and I, I talked to him. And I imitated his swing, <laughs> and I said, "What do you think?" And he goes, "No, no, no, no bro." He goes, "It doesn't look good on you." <laughs> uh, but um, he he saw me do it, and I, I it's on the YouTube somewhere. I mean, uh, it, it's pretty good. I, I did a pretty good job. <laughs> and, I mean, it, it, it was he was such a sensation yeah. that it went so viral that. Tiger even asked me about it. No at, way. <laughs> at, at, um, at his tournament yeah. at uh, D.C. Sorry, I went blank. Quick, quick and loans, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, at Quick and loans, he was asking me, he was like, hey, Kat, did you play with that guy? He's like, it's incredible, this guy. I go, yeah, the fisherman? He goes, he goes well, well, you know, is it because people people don't realize, they think they call him that, the fisherman because of his swing. Right. But it's because he was a fisherman before he became a Okay, okay, right, an actual fisherman, okay. Yeah, yeah. He's got, a, he's got a great story. I mean, the guy's won on, on the Korean yeah. tour and the Asian yeah. tour. So he, the guy keeps his card every year out there. He's, he can play. Yeah. Don't, don't let it swing fool you. No, I, and I, like you said, I wonder if it's only really gotten to like that lately because I feel like this would have 
caught, you know, been a viral sensation before. I mean, it just became this viral sensation. I was like, how have I never seen this guy before with this well, I think it's because I think the Korean tour event is never really televised. Okay. But because it was an Asian co- – I mean, the, even though they have Asian tour coaches, I don't know. For some reason, maybe because they got two tickets to the Open Championship, right, the right. top two guys, maybe that's why it was televised. But it, I guess it was televised with the Golf Channel. Uh, yeah, no, it was. Yeah. People were texting me. They're like, oh, man, I saw you playing Korean. Yeah. I was like, how'd you see that? <laughs> They're like, well, it's on, it was on Golf Channel. I was like, really? Yep, yep. <laughs> I woke up in the middle of the night with, to feed my baby, and I flipped on Twitter. People were going nuts, and I couldn't go back to sleep. I stayed up the rest of the night watching it. It was, it was amazing. <laughs> it was amazing. Um, you know, your win obviously pulls you up to 13th in the Ryder Cup standings. I don't know. Your, your caddy, Kenny Harms, was on PJ Tour Radio. He basically guaranteed you're going to play on the Ryder Cup team. What, what do you think about that? Oh, man. <laughs> that guy. <laughs> that guy, yeah, that guy's so so confident. Yeah, it's, it almost seems like that he's playing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's nice to have a confident caddy. Um, sure. I mean, I'm, it, it, it's a dream that yeah. I've been chasing, um, and still chasing, and it would be a dream come true to play on the Ryder Cup team. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually talked to my wife and friends about that. It's like, man, I got a chance. Right. For this Ryder Cup, and I'm gonna I'm gonna work hard these next um, two majors, and you know we have you know another handful of tournaments more after that to have a chance to get this make this Ryder Cup team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, so it's definitely in my radar, right? And um, I'm keeping an eye on on that ranking, and it's definitely in, in my head. So um, I'm gonna try to play hard, play well in these ma- next two majors, and secure my spots on the Ryder Cup team. Sure. Uh, we, you know, we brought up Kenny. I just You had that classic conversation with him at the Colonial. I don't know if you know that that kind of went viral as well. And I just wondered, yeah. uh, you kind of overruled him. Obviously, you are the player. I yeah. wondered if you if you have any sort of, uh, if he has any sort of veto power like like uh, Bones used to oh, have with Phil. Oh, Bones, Bones only had one a year. One a year, right, one a year. What is Kenny, what's he's Kenny's doing? Oh, he's got plenty. He's got plenty. Yeah, he's taking clubs out of my hand for me. He says, "No, I ain't giving you that club." Okay. He's been lately. He's been lately. He's been. He hasn't done that much. I don't know. Okay. Why. Well, you're playing well. Maybe he knows to let you go. Yeah, I mean, at Quicken Loans, I, I I try to hit a three with from like going home in a par five, which I probably shouldn't have, mm-hmm. and I hit it fat, and then it went went way sideways too, and it went into trees and. And I looked at him and I go, I'm surprised you didn't say no. Just, he goes, from now on, I'm not, I need to start doing that again. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, we've been we've been working together for 10 years. Yeah. Like, he knows exactly what I'm thinking. He knows, before I even say anything, he knows what kind of shot I'm going to try to hit. So he knows me very well. So, you know, I, I tend to listen to him a lot because, you know, we're a good team. And it's been working. Yeah, definitely. He also says you have the best short game in the world, and and you know the stats kind of prove it. And I just wonder, is there anybody who you looked up to, uh, short game wise, that you kind of tried to model your your game after? Uh no, but I always admired Phil. Sure, Phil's got an amazing short game. I mean, uh, I, there's definitely guys that I've played with. Um, I kind of let's say like if I have pride in my short game, and till I play with some of these guys, I'm like, wow, this guy is amazing. Mm-hmm. And there was two guys that I can name on the PV tour that I played with that just blew my mind. And one was what is Phil? I played with Phil a lot. Mm-hmm. And next is, is Stricker. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah. 
those two guys just if I just right on top of my head, right. amazing, right. absolutely amazing. I mean, I think um, Stricker makes it doesn't make it look as fancy. But right. He gets it done. Right. Uh, it might be because he he makes the, all those ten footers. Right. Right. Yeah. Get up and down. <laughs> but I mean, Phil's fancy, uh, and and I, I think um, Stricker kind of flies under the radar, but he's amazing. Sure. And I just want recently you shared this photo of you winning uh, 2002 Volvo Masters of Asia, and everybody's first reaction was that you you look exactly the same. Uh, 16 <laughs> years later, I'm wondering what are your tips for that? How do you how do you do that? I mean, it's, it's uh, remarkable. I was just an old-looking kid. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> okay. One of the one of the Titleist reps came up to me shortly after that. He goes, "Hey, Kev, you, congratulations! You won something in Asia, didn't you?" I go, "What?" <laughs> he goes, "No, I finished fifth in Korean opening." No, no, no. You just posted we with the trophy. I go. No, it was Throwback Thursday. That See? was me in 2002. <laughs> He's like, really? Yeah. There you go. Well, it's late, but congrats. <laughs> yeah, that, that's great. Yes, exactly. It really was amazing. Uh, just want to finish. Um, I know you live in Las Vegas. Uh, you know, we got the, the Open coming up, and you are listed in Vegas as 150 to 1 to win the Open. I wonder, do you ever notice these type of things, and, and what do you no. think about your chances going into Carnoustie? Um, no, I don't really notice the odds. I mean, I don't like that, look at that stuff. But, okay. Um, uh, Carnoustie, I played Carnoustie in 2003. I played the Dunhill Links Championship. So what I remember a little bit about is that I just remember being a very difficult golf course. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, looking forward to the Open Championship, my game feels good. Um, hit the ball well, putting well. Um, I don't know what the weather's going to be like, but, um, you know, I don't know. I just I feel like I'm playing well enough that – I have I can I can you know maybe I can finish in the top ten, um, and maybe contend. Mm-hmm. Win obviously it's I think it's up to someone stronger than me. It's someone up up, up there, mm-hmm. this guy. Um, I don't. Um, but I, do I feel confident? Yes. I'm not going to say you know I, I have I think I got a chance to win. I'm not going to say that. Sure, sure, sure. What would you say though, coming off this win? That I mean, you're you're playing about as well as as you've played i mean are, is this about as, yeah. as good as you feel about your I game think so yeah i mean obviously you know and i had just recently before that I had two texas swings i finished uh tie for six and solo fourth mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then um and then i you know finished fifth in korea in, in the korean open the colon korean open and then last week before i won even though i finished sixth, i was so jet-lagged from coming from korea hmm. uh, i actually felt like i played decent like mm-hmm. I didn't. My game felt good. I know it was only like a 64th place finish, but it was, like I said, I was so tired. Um, and then, I, and then I won. So if you look at, you know, my last six or seven starts, I've got a win in three top fives. Sure. So I'm trending in the right direction. Definitely. All right, well, Kevin. Thanks so much. I hope you have a safe trip over there. We'll, we'll see you over at Carnoustie. Good luck and good luck the rest of the season. Good luck on making that Ryder Cup team for the first time. Thanks, Alex. All right, man. Take care, Kevin. Thanks. Bye. Bye. All right. Thanks again to Kevin for spending some time with us. And now let's get to some weekly awards. We'll start with most overblown story of the week. And to me, that goes to John Peterson, quote, retiring at 29. Um, This was a crazy story. 
We'd heard about this. He only had a few more starts, and he missed out by .58 FedEx Cup. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was crazy. He finished uh, tied for 13th. He needed, like, one fewer person to tie with him. Or Obviously, if he'd finished one shot better. Um, so I feel bad for him. But, come on, he's not really retired. Well, that's the question. So He's going to get exempted. It, yeah. it goes down as a big story right. if, in fact— we look we back never at his five years from now, and he, never, yeah. and he actually never plays again. Yeah. But, but he, he's he's, he's twenty. But he does old. have a fallback position. Know. Yeah, no. I think he's I think he's retiring. No. I believe him. No, the first day he goes to his new job, as <laughs> he's a real estate be agent out, and he has to pay for lunch or dinner. He's right. gonna be crawling back to the buffets on the PGA Tour. He's gonna I be. Mean, this is a guy. He posted on Monday, by the way, a fifteen thousand dollar hotel bill from the Greenbrier. Right. What? Right. I mean, he made one hundred and twenty thousand, but. You know, you're not going to be doing that right. in the world of real estate, working nine to five. I mean, if you want to live that kind of life, you're going to come back. Well, to I think you know what 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 ends up happening in these sort of situations is the reason why not just in golf because no one retires really in golf, but in other sports, right. guys retire and then they they try to make a comeback is because they realize how good they had it. So there's right. a, mm -hmm. exactly. there is a right. that said. Um, I do feel like this underscores how difficult this life can be if you're oh, of the right mindset. Like the level of frustration of playing a game where you're not seeing the results you want, you're away from home a lot. Right. Um, it takes, you know, it's a game that you grew up loving and suddenly mm -hmm. it's no longer fun and it's something that it's a source of your greatest frustration. You know, I can sort of see why you would want to separate yourself from that, especially when someone like John Peterson has a viable backup plan. Yeah. Right? I think it's just like, the level of proven ability like is so high mm -hmm. for him and many others like him that I mean I can just see like them going crazy like why why is this not happening right. I yeah. mean and that would I mean that would push me to leave and yeah no definitely frustrating and he has a young son and you know, yeah you don't want to be away from your kids yeah no no I mean uh, I wish him the best I just don't I don't you think don't this is the him. last time <laughs> he'll be teeing it up on the PJ Tour possibly even this year all right. I mean, wow. the, put it this way: in the fall, he's gonna he's, he's gonna, gonna play in an event yeah. too. I mean, we're gonna see him. All, All right. right. Anyway, best one day story that goes to Tony Romo, who actually was a three day event. The uh, let me get this right: the Racine Tri Course Amateur Championship. And I, I had forgotten Tony Romo went to high school in Wisconsin. He's actually a Wisconsin guy, so I guess he goes back to Wisconsin. He's a member at some club called Meadowbrook in the Racine area. And he won this amateur event, which he's actually won before in 2004. He won by nine right. shots. Oof. I was pretty impressed. That's what, a ton. I, mean, I don't care what event it yeah. is. Like, that's a big win. And I was just happy that I feel like every other piece we've written about Tony Romo playing has yeah, been it's like negative. Right. About failure. Yeah, right. So it was nice to just, I mean, he just fails crushed. qualifying Ugh, again. Yeah. Fails at the, you know, gets the exemption. Should he have gotten the exemption the PGA yeah. Tour event this year? finishes you know 16 shots in last place or whatever it was um so no i agree no, he's, it, I mean, he's obviously a really good good player absolutely so i had people tweeting at me though they like dug into this and they said the runner-up um averaged a 79 had a 79 scoring average in college i'm like all right i whatever. mean whatever twitter i mean yeah chill out you know it wasn't the u.s open we get it but yeah he won by nine shots. I mean, for a celebrity golfer, you know, we just had John Smoltz in the U.S. Senior Open. Tony Romo was only 38. He, we we hey, might see him in the U.S. Senior Open I like in 12 it. years. And it was a three-day event. That's three day important, event. too. Right. At three different courses. Yeah. One of them was his home course. But <laughs> What we're interested to see is, like, Tony Romo has, you know, he's at a certain level now as an amateur mm -hmm. golfer. But, you know, of the, of the time that he was 
playing competitively, he was also playing professional football, so he couldn't devote nearly the time. Right. He could. So right. now give him the thirty-eight, give him twelve years to. I mean, he's got a you know he's got a big gig, yeah. uh, but he's still going to be able to play a lot more golf. Yes. Can he yeah. get to a level where he can actually be a competitive player? I, I suspect he will. Yeah. No, yeah. I I agree. I think he'll play in a U.S. Senior Open someday down the road. Um, all right. Uh, pros are just like us. This week's uh, honoree goes to Beatrice Riccari, uh, who had a whiff on a not a, not like a regular shot. We saw Phil Mickelson even whiff this year at the Masters from a tough lie. She whiffed on a tee shot with a driver. Keely, I mean, have you oh, ever seen? I mean, that was that. that was I had to. I had you, had to you said you couldn't watch it, right? Yeah. No, it was like <laughs> it was so bad. It was really bad, <laughs> and just how small. So her back foot slipped and right. that is what caused the whiff but just how small of an amount that it moved yeah. like that's terrifying right. now it makes me feel like i can yeah. whiff at any moment like that i don't know i mean the driver <laughs> is so i don't know how you could miss the ball with the driver that's that's uh, pretty why are you, you totally <laughs> slipped i slipped with you in a recent round and yeah, i actually hit like a decent yeah, drive. yeah. i mean missing I've been it helped good, me yeah. actually like instead of slicing one I right. actually yeah that's how you're going to cure the yips? Yeah, you just slide back. Just and, jerk uh, your right yeah. foot back. You know, it, honestly, it, what looked so weird about the replay is that she like didn't swing that hard at it. And it reminded me, actually, because yeah. it's funny, we were talking about Kevin, Kevin Na. Na. Kevin Na used to, like, when he didn't feel right, he would kind of just swing over the ball on purpose, and it wouldn't count as a shot. And people Ugh. were like, wait, what just happened? I right. hate that. He just kind of made it like an extra practice. She almost could have played it off that way, but she didn't. She's I mean, a woman of honor. Remember we played the other day, and I took a practice swing, and I hit my chip? Oh, and I tried that to, counts. You that can't count. make contact. Yeah, you made contact. Yeah. Like, don't look at me like that. I thought it was <laughs> legitimate. I mean, I understand now that I had a count at the score. Well, what if it's on the tee, but, and you hit it by accident when it's on the tee? Well, people do that all the time. They're swinging. addressing no, 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 no. the ball. If, no, when it falls off, that doesn't count. No, but you can do that where you're like, you if just you're nudging. Address, yeah, if you, if you haven't you. taken your stance. Right. No, but if you're... Let's say you take a practice You're taking a waggle, and you just tap the ball on the stake. That's not a stroke. No, that wouldn't be a stroke. No, that's what I did. No, no, but your your ball's in play already. Yeah, oh, I see what you're saying. On right, the tee, right. it's definitely different. Yeah. I, I mean, I think you might be able to. You just get away let's watch it real quick. Let's let's Weinman watch just yeah. fudging scorecards. This is great podcasting. Yeah. Us yeah. watching a video yeah. together. Wow, poor Beatrice. Her it's just so like tough. her head just goes down, yeah. and you're just like, oh my god. Yeah. Again, how did, how did her drive go? Or her second swing? I don't even. She know. just smoke it down the middle. It's a good swing. It was yeah. fine. Yeah. Smooth. 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 Yeah. Right. Oh, anyway. God. Um, okay. Yeah. Nugget of the week. Kevin Na. Okay. And as oftentimes, uh, this nugget comes via Golf Channel's Justin Ray, the great stack guy there. Um, this is the list of players with at least 55 top 10s on the PGA Tour in the last 10 years. Dustin Johnson, Matt Kuchar, Jason Day, Rory McIlroy, Justin Rose, Ricky Fowler, Jim Furyk, Webb Simpson, Brant Seneker, Jordan Spieth, Zach Johnson, Phil Mickelson, and... Kevin Knott. Amazing. It's only 13 guys right. in the past 10 right. years who have as many right. top 10s as Kevin Knott, and yet huh. you know, and just so picked up win number two. Webb Simpson, though? Yeah, remember, because he had a tough period in, as well where he okay. was struggling with his putter. But, no, I mean, he's obviously been a great player, but I, yeah. I, that's the no, name I was surprised ra- by most. He, that, is, that does surprise me a little. But yeah. he's he had a long enough sustained mm-hmm. time, and he plays a lot. Right. right. So we always – like look at guys like that a little dismissively when mm-hmm. we get top tens because and they don't win as much like Kucher right. is another yeah, yeah, yeah. guy. Yeah, we kind of make fun of. Yeah, but I mean at the same time it's inc- incredibly oh. impressive. Yeah, yeah. To be that good, of and consistently good, and um, you know, Nah is a perfect example of also how difficult it is to win. Of tour. course, yeah, right. You can knock on the door so many times; it doesn't mean you're going to win. And even before that win, 
Number two, he had made over six, $26 million. That's what I was going to say. All this yeah. list tells me these guys are rich. These guys are rich. <laughs> this is a list of rich Very, yeah. very rich men. All right, let's end with, uh, you know, we didn't really talk much about the British Open, which is next week, sorry, the Open Championship, but I uh, wanted to get quick picks from everybody here. Uh, picks. Keely, I'll start with you. Okay. Um, my lock is Ricky. Mm. Really going wow. out. start at the Scottish Open. Yeah. Yep. He's looking good. He just got engaged. Yep. You know, he's feeling good. He plays great. Lynx golf. He's, I think, at 18 to 1. Mm-hmm. So that felt like a pretty good pick okay. to me. And then this is a steal. Okay. 100 to 1, Matthew Southgate. Remember this guy mm-hmm. from last yep. year? Yep. Shooting five under in the last round. And he came out charging today at the Scottish. What did he shoot? 65. Wow. He's feeling himself. Okay. This is amazing. Yeah. 100 to 1. Put 10 bucks Matthew on that. Southgate. All right, there we go. That's that's a sleeper, Sam. You, have a couple you know, I think um, everyone keeps talking about how baked out Carnoustie is and yes. how it's just the ball's going to roll forever. So you know, we should. You just published that piece today about Tiger. I'm not picking Tiger, but it's fascinating to see yeah. how guys will play given the fact that they will be able to probably hit iron off a lot of tees, and oh, it's yeah. going to probably play into certain guys' hands. I do think it opens the door for a lot of kind of mid-length hitters. The guy that's intriguing mm-hmm. to me is Brandon Grace, mm. yeah. who is at 41, 41 odds, obviously. Um, tried a 62 yep. at last year's Open. A forgotten, mostly forgotten Mostly 62. forgotten. I yes. mean, and he just strikes me as the type of guy who, in kind of kooky conditions on a course like Carnoustie, which is going to be both severely penal but also, also playing shorter because of the just how dry it is. He strikes me as someone who's – Who's uh, could jump out of it? I don't think it's going to go to you know your big hitting Dustin Johnson or okay. Brooks Kepka. Isn't there rain in the forecast though? Uh, there always is. Not like well, no, no, yeah. nothing crazy. Nothing yeah. crazy. But it's already just but so it dry. Matter. It's never it going to get that. It's not going to yeah. get yeah. so down dry to... over there. That yeah. yeah. Um, you mentioned Tiger, and I did just write this big piece on him, so I have to pick him twenty to one odds. I actually don't think that's that crazy. No, it's not. To one. Um, no. Sam mentioned the conditions are great for him to not hit driver a la Hoylake in 2006 um and you know that switch to the mallet putter could be huge he was really struggling he finished seventh in strokes game putting at at, uh, the uh, quicken loans national um you know that along with the ball striking he's up to third now in strokes gained approach Mm -hmm. the green so his iron game is almost as good as it's been. Does he and, still yeah. do the the Ireland trip before he goes plays the Open? Well, I mean, just, what kind of Lynx yeah. golf preparation has he been doing? Yeah, also, text him, Alex. Yeah, I'll yeah. text him. I'll <laughs> he, I, mean, he, I mean, seriously, he hasn't played a Lynx tournament in forever. That's a good point. I know. I make yeah. a lot of them. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah, I bet he's he's getting over there and playing. playing you think his uh, backyard practice oh, facility he has, like, has yeah. like a <laughs> Lynx setting? He's watching the, the Scottish Open and like, trying to mimic the <laughs> right. conditions from the Scottish Open. My, my sleeper is uh, a guy we've already mentioned today, Bryson DeChambeau. Whoa. Uh, hey. You know, you got the Hogan cap going. Hogan won at Carnoustie okay. the one time he played in the Open. Um, he's probably figured out some crazy formula for the bounces. Uh, but no, I bet the but RNA no has compass. not weighed in on the compass. Oh, that's no, a good point. Right. Oh, so he can, can use it. might be a loophole. Full compass there usage. There might be a Back. loophole with yes. the compass. That's a great point. Uh, also, lock. Um, I just saw this stat recently. If you just did the first half of the year uh, world ranking points, he'd be number six in the world behind Bubba, DJ, Reed, Rory, and Justin Thomas. That's how good Bryson DeChambeau has been playing. I mean, mm-hmm. he's... He's, He's legit. legit. Yeah. And as we always talk about the Open, you don't have to be a great putter to win the Open, so that, that mm-hmm. kind of works in his favor as well. So anyway, Tiger Woods and Bryson DeChambeau. That would be something. 
Um, Love it. We'll see. Beautiful. Um, all right, guys. Well, anyway, we have that to look forward to. Obviously, next week we'll be back with a specific uh, British Open podcast. We'll talk a little more about everything involving Carnoustie. Thanks again to Kevin now for joining us. Thanks again for listening. Please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts if you haven't done so already. And check back next week. Bye.